Hey there, and welcome to Hochma in Coffee. I hope that you're having a great day so far. Now, today was the first time that we went live with Hochma and Coffee, and so here is the upload, and you'll hear some questions going on in there. If you want to be there for our next Hochma and Live, make Hochma and Live, Hochma and Coffee Live, make sure that. You uh, are part of our email list or are a subscriber on our YouTube channel and you'll be notified when we go live. It'll probably be not next Friday as I'll be preaching out of town, but the Friday after that, we'll try to do our next live session. But I wanted to get this up here for you. I'm editing uh, some of the beginning off because we <laughs> got the wrong link out there. It, it, the technology wasn't working perfectly, but we got it all situated. And so as we're uh, given this out, I hope it's a blessing to you. We also have a Hochma and Coffee uh, phone background that if you want to download, you definitely can. I'll leave that link in the show notes and you can go and check that out and download that and have that on your phone if you so desire. Uh, but I'm thankful for you guys. And if you're listening here on the podcast, if you would, if this has been a blessing to you, would you leave a review that truly helps this channel out? And so thank you guys for listening. I hope this show is a blessing to you as we dive into Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4, some really difficult passages. And uh, I hope that just the way we talk through this helps you out in your own Bible study, seeing how we study and how we think through it. Uh, but again, be gracious to us as we are doing this live on the fly. But I hope you guys have a great time listening to it. And without further ado, here's Hochma and Coffee Live. Now, yes. uh, what we're going to do, kind of the flow of this live, we've got probably about 45 minutes that we'll be able to go live with you guys. Um, but we're going to read through the, the entire, basically three and most of four in Hebrews. So you can have your Bible there and hopefully you've got your coffee already. And uh, But we're going to read through that passage and then we're going to basically do a crash course on the, the crossing of the Red Sea and the crossing of the Jordan River. because. This assumes you have a deep knowledge of that, and we can dive into that some more. Uh, but what what study Bible am I using right now? Uh, basically, the one that I'll be showing on the screen is called the CWSB. And so it's the complete word study Bible, and that's in the app Olive Tree. So thanks for asking. But um, I, I say, I guess it's going to be the open Bible. I do use that. I really do. But what we're going to do is we're going to read through it. We're going to pray and then we'll dive into uh, basically just explaining the overview and working through it. The whole reason we're going live on this is because doing a short 15 minute podcast just couldn't suffice. And, and we don't have all the answers. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, as we... A long time ago, probably about a couple months ago, when we started all these recordings and we got to this section, <laughs> like, oh, mama mia, how are we going to fit this into a small time chunk? Oh, man. Because even as we were talking, we're like, what? Sometimes it seems like some verses are totally out of the blue. And then, and so this is the point of this whole little live stream is we're just going to talk it out. And uh, again, everyone be gracious with us because this is, this is some, some heavy stuff here that we're we're reading and it can be confusing and if you disagree hey um that is fine with us yes we're, we are all trying to interpret the bible correctly so and, and i think that's a great stance is please if you have questions ask them doesn't mean we'll be able to answer them 
but feel free to ask them. And, and here's another thing. If you have a question, put Q in front of it. Okay. So if you put Q in front of it, I'll be able to search it and know what's just comments. You guys talking back and forth, which is awesome. Talk back and forth throughout the thing. Uh, but if you put a Q in front of it, I know it's a question you would like us to look at. It doesn't mean we'll be able to get to it if we don't have time uh, or I just don't know the answer. We can maybe pull it up. But um, again, please, please be gracious. But we're doing this live so you can kind of see our study process because we're just going to talk through it as though it was just him and I before a show. So you're going to get a behind the scenes as we study this life. And so we're we're nervous. And that's why we're nervous, because usually when we get up to speak, we've done a lot of study, you know, a lot of study. And it's already carefully laid out and carefully crafted, whereas what you're getting you're getting a behind the scenes look. And so be gracious because we're going to throw some things out there that might not be right as we're just talking through it. And we're trying to get our minds around it. So uh, hopefully you enjoy that. And so let's read through it together. We're going to switch over here and see the iPads working. So that's a good thing. We've got the iPad up, but uh, we're going to jump through this and I'll just read uh, beginning in verse one. We kind of want to jump into the flow. And I guess before I read verse one, remember, if you haven't already listened to all the other uh, Hochman coffee podcasts, after we're done going live, I'll put the link in the description and I'll also put if you guys want and uh, I'll put this in the description, too. If you want to download this, we've got a Hochma and coffee little background. If you're like, yeah, I want a Hebrew word. My wife's like, what is that on the back there? If you want that, we'll put that in the background. I just. I think it's a cool word, chokhmah, which means wisdom, wisdom in Hebrew. And so uh, that will be in the description as well. But if you haven't listened to all of our podcasts, this will give you kind of an overview of what Hebrews is about. The Hebrew, the book of Hebrews, we don't know who the author was, but it was written to, excuse me, it was written to Jewish believers in Jesus who were tempted to go back to Judaism and to leave Jesus. And so the theme is Jesus is better. Don't go back. Don't leave Jesus for, for Judaism. And we're going to see that theme really accentuated here. And so knowing the background and the audience helps us put this into its proper context. We need to know that we really do. And so let's jump into verse number one. It says this, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. So these are saved people. These are people who know Jesus. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation and the day of temptation in the wilderness, uh, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, They shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren. This is a big word. Take heed. 
brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest there be in any, uh, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That's where we ended off in our podcast series. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. That word partakers is partners, co-laborers. We are, we are working with Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Verse number six. Seeing therefore it remaineth, that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, which he's quoting Psalm 95, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus or Joshua, this is the CWSB, so sometimes they clarify a couple words in the King James. For if Jesus, Joshua, same word, same name. So Jesus and Joshua shared the same name. And so that's why they're trying to clarify this here for us. If Joshua had given them rest, this is the Joshua of the Old Testament, then would he not afterwards have spoken of another day? Verse number nine. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And so that is the end of his argument there. And it's key that we know where he's climaxing, where he's ending the word of God. So we have in this thing some main players, the word of God, unbelief and rest. The word of God, unbelief 
and rest. And we're going to talk about those in a second. But before we do, uh, I'm going to ask Jonah, hey, do you want to walk us through a little bit of the Israelite history that we're going to need to have in our minds before we jump into this that he already assumes we have a deep knowledge of? Yeah, for sure. Excuse me. And so we can even start all the way back in Egypt and uh, Moses has come and uh, directed by God to help deliver uh, through God's power, obviously, the Israelites from the bondage of Egypt. And that last plague, the Passover, um, he says, hey, sprinkle the blood on your doorposts and all that. And the death angel will, will pass over. And if you do that, you will be uh, saved and your firstborn will not die. And so they did that. And then, man, they hightailed it out of there. Pharaoh says, get out of my country. I am done with all these plagues. Uh, do what you want because I'm not dealing with this anymore. And so they, they leave and then we come up to the Red Sea. And um, I believe it's pretty clear that that is another picture of salvation. And so we, we could see this all as one big event if we want to, as uh, many of us might have heard before. And so they cross the Red Sea. Egypt is now behind them and they are now working towards the promised land that God has promised to them. And then we have, well, they actually make it to the Jordan River and then the 12 tribes actually. Uh, the 12 tribes, the 12 spies, they, they go in and spy it out and 10 brought back an evil report, but two, as we'll talk about, even in this passage brought a good report or good news because they believed what God had told them. And so this is kind of where I believe the, the penman and the author of, uh, Hebrews is pretty much bringing us towards now. Um, Hey, this is some were able to enter into this rest, this promised land, the yeah. abundant Christian life. <laughs> some did not. They weren't able to enter into rest. That, so that's huge. And we need to get that in our minds because this is a Jewish audience. These events were massive, not just religiously, but culturally. You know, it's, it's like the war of independence, <laughs> you know, for us as Americans, that's something that's not, it's not religious at all, but it's something that's embedded into our culture. And so for them, this was not just something that they read about in the synagogue. This was, this was their grandparents. This was their family that had been delivered from slavery. And so as we're looking at these two events, the Red Sea event in the, the Passover, that really shows and typifies salvation because it's freedom from slavery, from bondage. It's freedom from death. And, and, and literally they are set free in that Red Sea. They're, they go out after the, the Passover, but it's the Red Sea that cuts off all ties to the old life, to the old ways, because they all drown. And so that, that typifies salvation. The wilderness wanderings were a time that God had for them to mature them. I believe it's later on. You can correct me if I'm wrong in the Bible. When the Bible tells us that God used that for them, because if they had gone into the land immediately, they wouldn't have been prepared. They would have just been destroyed. And so he used the time of the wilderness wanderings to get them prepared to fight. So when we get saved, we have times of immaturity that God is gracious with us and he's maturing us, but he has something better for us. And that's what we see here in this passage. And so that's that rest 
that rest. And so we have here that there is this rest. What do you say? I, I just pulled up that verse. If anyone wanted to go to it, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse two, it says, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know it was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And then it says, and he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and all these things. And so there it is right there. These 40 years of wandering, it, uh, there was a reason God did it. Yeah. Now, now, isn't there another verse though? Maybe you can see if it's there where he, where he tells them that if he had gotten them into the land, they wouldn't have been ready. I don't know. I feel like there is a verse like that. Um, no, I just can't think of the wording off the top of my head. Well, if anybody is out there during our live stream and you find that verse, comment it. I want to see it. Um, and that would be a big help. Cause I, I feel like that's there. I just want to make sure. But it is interesting, you know, we've got these years of them walking up to Kadesh Barnea and then they don't enter in. Okay. And this, this is something big because their, their parents and their grandparents have been telling them this story that when they got up there, those 10 spies, those 10 knuckleheads didn't enter in to the rest that God had for them. And so we have the rest of Canaan, which if you've read Joshua, you know, it's not complete rest per se, but it's rest from wandering, from aimlessness, from lack of fulfillment. And, and, and it's just, you are rooted in there. You've got your own house. You've got your own vineyard. You, you're there. You're in the place God has for you, the best place. Uh, whereas the wilderness, you're wasting your life and you're not in the place God has for you. And you're literally just wandering from point A to point B to point C to point A to point B to point C. And they would have heard these stories and they would have thought about like, what were my grandparents thinking? What were my grandparents thinking? And so as we look at this, I want us to look at verse number 15. He keeps saying this over and over again. So it must be key. He says, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Uh, Jonah and I were talking a while ago about this. And I was like, wait, didn't we already talk about that in one of our podcasts? And so we scrolled back up and it's like, oh, yeah, it's right here in verse seven and eight. And so he's saying this over and over again, which I believe is a quotation from Psalm 95. Is that right? I believe it's I Psalm, believe. Psalm 95. He's quoting that and he's he's attributing that to the Holy Spirit, which we talked about in one of our other podcasts. But he's saying this is something that's so huge. He's saying today, like like this was for the Jews massive. So do you guys see why it's massive? They're thinking that the rest was lost because they wouldn't enter in then. And he's saying, no, today, today, if you, he's like, don't harden your hearts because today you can enter into this rest, into this rest. Okay. So we have here that verse number 16, some, when they had heard did provoke. And then it says verse number 18 and to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to they, to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now, Jonah, as you look at that, what are some key things that are turning around in your mind that maybe the Jews would have been piecing together as they're reading verses 18 and 19? So, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? We can think of the Kadesh Barnea and 
I mean, we even see, and I believe you mentioned it the last time we were even kind of trying to even brainstorm here. I believe it's true. Uh, who was one of the people that was not able to cross the Jordan or into uh, the promised yeah. land was Moses. And we, I, I'm pretty positive. I'm 99.9, probably even hundred percent positive that he's in heaven because he's where on the Mount of Transfiguration. And so <laughs> I doubt that God would have uh, chosen him if he wasn't saved. So I don't think we can conflate it with salvation. Right. Uh, because he wasn't able to enter into this rest that this penman is mentioning because he wasn't able to cross that Jordan river uh, because of what he did by smiting the rock again. And so I believe that this is what the Israelites, the Jewish people would be, go- that, that's what would be going through their mind. It's not talking about salvation because there were certain people that weren't able to enter into this rest, but they, def- they, they were saved. They believed right. what, that, that a Messiah was coming. And so, yeah. And, and so I think you're a hundred percent right. And so we have to ask ourselves, what is this rest and what are they not believing? Okay. And so I believe that comes down into this, this chapter here, because it's really warning us to fear, to fear not having this rest. You'll see the theme of Hebrews is not of losing your salvation, but of severe punishment. And and you say, how do you know that? Well, if you were to read further on in Hebrews, we haven't got there yet. You'll realize there's a whole chapter at the end almost that talks about or not the whole chapter, but a lot of a chapter that talks about chastisement. And so that's that's the anchor of this thing is there is some severe chastisement if you don't stay with Jesus. If you want to walk away and go back to Judaism, there is severe chastisement. You don't want to walk away. And he says, if you're chastised, you know, he's dealing with you as a son and he's trying to show you this is the better way. Jesus is better. And so just like in that story, the promised land is better than the wilderness. Don't stay in the wilderness. Uh, He's also showing them that it's because they didn't believe they didn't believe. Now, remember at the beginning, we talked about this. There's three keys. There's rest. There's unbelief. And there's the word of God. Okay. And this is where we see what they didn't believe. Look at verses one and two. It says, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Remember who he's talking to. He's talking to believers, Hebrew Christians. They're already saved, but he's saying that they can be saved and come short of this rest, which we've already clarified is not salvation. It's something else. They can come short of this rest and they should be afraid if they miss out. And I want to tell you, same for you, same for me. We should fear missing out on this rest. We should. And And he says in verse two, for unto us was the gospel or good news preached. Okay, now, now we're going to talk about that in a second, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So you can see already how verse two brings in uh, Hebrews 4, or 4, 12 and 13 into the passage. There's this good news. And we were talking about this yesterday, but Joan, I want you to kind of uh, uh, verbalize kind of what we're thinking about this good news, help people understand what in the world could this be talking about this gospel, this good news? Yeah, for sure. So I even, cause we were, we, <laughs> I think I ended with a headache after yesterday's uh, conversation as we were just uh, revisiting some of these things and 
Actually, uh, I love technology. I have not had extensive Greek training. And so I am so grateful that technology can help us go back to the original language. So what did I do? I used technology and I looked up what the Greek word uh, gospel was. And most of us probably have heard it. It's the good news, but it's also translated throughout all of the Bible. I know this is Greek. And so um, it would mainly primarily be in the New Testament, but even in the New Testament, it could be translated just simply good tidings, good news, a good report. And so again, with the whole event that this penman is bringing up, we see that who brought a good report or good news, Caleb and Joshua, he was preaching to the children of Israel. We can go in with God's power and take this land because he promised it to us. Why are you guys not believing the word of God? And so, yeah. um, the and I think gospel that's, right there. that's key because immediately in our, in our minds, if we're not linked into context, we take this gospel to be the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus, which is the gospel that is. <laughs> but this gospel right here, you have to take in the context. Remember, remember, remember context, context, context. We've got to make sure we know context. And he's saying unto them was the gospel preached. That means these people who are at Kadesh Barnea had good news declared to them. And the good news was from Joshua and Caleb when they told them the people are as bread for us. They like God has already promised us the land. The land is ours, right? The land is ours. And yet the people didn't believe that good news that God had given yeah. them the land. And he says, for us, we also have good news that there is rest, that there yeah. is rest. And that rest is not salvation. Okay. Now I have a question that was popped up here. I want to bring it up here before we move on. It says, sure. why do you believe that Moses did not enter into that rest? Well, the reason why we believe he didn't enter into that rest was because this Bible is telling us that the rest was the promised land. That's what's going on. And so here Moses didn't enter into that rest because he'd smitten the rock. Now, if you want to go forward in history, eventually he did get into the promised land, but only on the Mount of Transfiguration. But the Bible is very clear that God said, you won't be able to get in. You will not. You can look over and you can see it, but you can't get in because you too have sinned against me in a way that I will not let you enter into my rest. And it's the same sin the children of Israel had. He didn't trust and obey God's word. That same sin. Okay, so... Don't think that the children of Israel weren't able to enter in for one sin and Moses was different. No, both of them, God had told them what to do and both of them didn't believe God and didn't obey God. And so that's why he didn't enter into that rest. That rest, you know, it wasn't him. It was Joshua. And that's why Joshua comes up here. Joshua is the next key person. We see Moses uh, as faithful over his house. And he says, Moses was a great leader, but also Joshua is a great leader. And he comes up in the next thing. So great question. Very good question. But he didn't enter into the rest of this passage, if that makes sense. But he's obviously in very good rest right now, but not the rest that this passage is talking about. This passage is something we can enter right now. Okay. And that's what verse number three begins to say. Now, before I go on, do you have anything to add to that, Jonah? No, I think you uh, covered that pretty well. 
Okay, so let's let's keep on going then in the passage here. So it says, for we which have believed do enter. Okay, so this is this is big. So we believed, we're already saved, but he says we do enter, meaning right now we can enter right this moment, as he has said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. And this gets really convoluted. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. So right now he's relating it back to seventh day rest from the foundation of the world, that seventh day rest that God did rest. Uh, oh, yeah, no problem. Thank you for the question, by the way. And I hope I say your name. Is it Charmaine? I, uh, thank you for the question. I love these questions. Feel free as long. I don't know if I'll always be able to see them, but feel free to keep dropping questions if you desire. Uh, but we have here, it says, uh, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, And so he takes these two things and he kind of makes an argument. He extrapolates from it in verse six. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. So he's building this argument that some people must enter into this rest and they to whom it was first preached, those Israelites on the Jordan river entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today, and, and he's, he's really trying to be specific after so long a time. This isn't the same rest. He's trying to show this isn't, he's, they're in the promised land, but they're still not in the rest. That's kind of the point he's trying to get across. They don't have the rest that God wants for them. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And this leads into that, that argument, verse 8. For if Jesus or if Joshua, this is talking about Joshua, remember they have the same name, had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? And he gives you his conclusion in verse 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to who? To who? This isn't speaking to unbelievers. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Now we talked yesterday, this this is a dual meaning, Israel, but also us as the people of God. And so I want, I, I hope that this argument made sense. Uh, is there anything on there that we, you think we should clarify? Because it seemed like you laid this out pretty systematically, but is there yeah. anything you really want to clarify as we move forward? I think uh, we are, I think we're on track for everything that we've covered. I believe, I mean, the interpretation, it took a while for us to even get where we are. Um, it, it wasn't this clear the first time we both <laughs> were talking about this because we're like, what in the world? I am so confused. So I, I do believe now that we've read it over uh, and this is the importance of, first of all, reading it multiple yeah. times and reading it in its context. Because if when we first started trying to go verse by verse in this, when we started getting to this section, this warning passage, saying i'm so confused yeah how can we just pull this verse it's impossible to pull this verse actually i think it was uh today's friday on wednesday i was teaching in our bible class and i started talking about salvation because of the very first bible class i want to make sure everyone understands how they can know for sure on their way to heaven and so i i just asked a kind of a probing question i said are you saved by faith or can you be saved by works 
And since most of them, they go to church regularly, they said, oh, by faith, uh, you can't be saved by your works. And so then I pulled out a a verse out of context. I went to James chapter two and it pretty much says, hey, you're not you're justified by works and not by faith only. And I said, some can can someone explain that? Because I just pulled out of the Bible. You guys are reading it right out of your own Bible. And then it took a while. But some of the older kids finally said, well, you have to read it in its context. Your works are proof. (laughs) of your salvation. And so I said, exactly. You will be challenged throughout your life by someone pulling a verse out of context. And you can't do that with Hebrews chapter three. Oh, no. Verse out of context. It just doesn't make sense. And And that's what we were doing. So we were reading through this for a couple of days now, just just reading through it so that when we got up here, it wasn't like a six hour long you know, live stream, (laughs) but we were reading through this and we had neglected to reconnect it to the entire book. And that was why it was so hard to understand because we took Hebrews three and four and the Bible says no scriptures of private interpretation. What we had done is we'd taken three and four privately apart. And it's like, I, mm. what is this saying? I, I can't get it. But when we reinserted it into the whole argument of Hebrews, the context, it's like, Oh, okay. It's starting to make a lot more sense. And so here his argument is uh, basically there is rest that's available right now. And this rest, it's in verse number nine. Let me go back over there. In verse number nine, he says, there remaineth therefore, because of all these arguments, Joshua didn't give him enough rest because David later says there's still rest. Basically, that's that's his argument. What happened with Joshua in the book of Joshua wasn't the complete rest because in David, in Psalm 95, he says, no, there's still rest available. And so that's why he's concluding here that there remaineth a rest to the people of God. Now we got to take this back in the Jewish mind. Okay. So in the Jewish mind, they're thinking, wait, what? I thought we had it right. I thought we were good. I thought we had the rest, but he's trying to show them. No, David said, we don't have the rest yet. We don't have the complete rest. So even he was looking forward to something. And here's the key word, better, better, better. Okay. Remember the flow of of Hebrews. He's trying to show Christ is better. Jesus is better than Judaism. And he's trying to tell them David was pointing to the rest that we would have in the Messiah, this rest. Okay. Now, now I want us to keep moving on before we get, get stuck there. He says this for he that is entered into his rest. He also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his Let us, now he's speaking to believers. So this isn't saying that once you are saved, you have the full rest of Jesus. That doesn't mean you're losing it, but it doesn't mean you're completely rested. Does that make sense? This is hard to explain. (laughs) Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, But it says here, it says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. This rest is something many Christians don't have nowadays. I mean, they're fretting about their job. They're fretting about relationships. They're fretting about uh, where food's going to come from. Um, am I making this up? Do you, do you see this as well, Jonah? No, yeah, no. We, we're so much. That's, mm-hmm. excuse me. That's the, people don't have rest anymore. Sure. And, and I think that this passage of Hebrews, he told us we should fear if we don't enter into it. And I think a lot of Christians They don't realize that this is something that is available. Like 
it's, it's there, but he says that we must make it a point to enter in. We -hmm. must labor to enter in. And the way we labor is not by works of our own. He makes that clear in the verse before it. He says, uh, we cease from our own works. So, so this is why verse 12 and 13 come afterwards. How do we enter into the rest? For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We must, look at verse 11, believe the word. We must believe the word. All lack of rest in the Christian life comes from a lack of faith in the word of God. I mean, that's, that's what this passage is saying. Uh, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but what, what are you thinking as we're, to, as we're kind of heading towards the end of this passage? What are you thinking? I uh, definitely believe that this is culminating this entire warning passage of, uh, he's already given us many times of saying, hey, you got to fear. Hey, don't harden your hearts like yeah. they did. Um, God promised them something. They didn't believe it. God has promised us something. Yeah. We better believe it. I mean, I've been there and it's very easy to say, oh man, how am I going to pay for my mortgage? How am I going to do this? But then the Holy Spirit convicts, wait, why aren't you trusting me? Um, And that's, it's the antithesis of this, of rest. When you don't believe God, there can only be anxiety and worry. But when you just say, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't need to know how it's going to happen. I'm just going to trust God. I'm just going to keep doing right. I'm going to keep obeying the word of God. Yeah. And God will take care. So, so I think that's, I think that's the short and sweet summary then. Cause, and trust me, we're, we're arriving at this as we're talking. (laughs) So uh, I, well, I believe that's a great summary for this passage is the rest is there for those who trust the word of God and, and trust, as you even said, means obeying as well. That's that mm-hmm. works that proves you trust. You can't say yeah. you trust God and don't obey him because then you just prove you don't trust him. That's the trust that you have in God works its way out in obeying his word. And you're, you look like you're about to say something. If we were to use the same example that this penman was using, well, I, yeah. Caleb and Joshua. Yeah. God, I believe that you are going to give us this land. <laughs> okay. Cross the Jordan. <laughs> nope. I thought you said you believe I do. I believe then cross. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Right. And so that's, that's, that's beautiful. Thank you for bringing that out. Cause the illustrations right there that he's been using it this whole time is what you believe comes out in what you do. And yeah. God was so upset with them because he had proven himself. He had proven himself with the 10 plagues in Egypt. I mean, he's more powerful than any other so-called God, right? He had proven himself with the Red Sea. He had proven himself at the waters uh, of Mara, you know, when he gave them water to drink that was bitter. He had proven himself with, with, with time and time again, with the manna, with the, qu- and he's trying to show them, what do I need to do to show you? You can trust me. You can believe my word. And the final straw was when they got to the land that he had promised them and it's there. And they don't go in. And so for us, this is what God's saying. You're saved. Hallelujah. But there is a rest. There's a rest that's available to you. A rest that's a spiritual rest. A rest in knowing the peace of God and knowing that you have peace with God. Uh, so many Christians live in continual guilt and shame. And, and it's like, 
Wait, so you're living in the wilderness when Jesus has already paid for all that. So yes, you're saved, but you're, you're not living in the rest that's been purchased for you. And so right now you're beating yourself up thinking, man, I'm worse than this and I'm just no worth. And it's like, okay, okay, I understand. But the truth is, you are rescued. You have this rest. You are clean. And so, friend, God says, fear not entering that rest. You can go your whole life in the wilderness, if we could say it that way. And God says, no, the only reason you're in the wilderness is because you don't believe my words. You don't believe my words. And so that's really the summary here. He ends off with, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And I believe both of these verses are there to show us you can trust God. You can trust God. He sees everything. He knows everything. And so if he tells you to do something, it's not ignorance that's telling you. It's his own love, his own kindness, his own omniscient knowledge that's giving you the perfect plan for your life. Perfect. Believe and enter into the rest. Okay, so I think that's a good place to, to end off our explanation. But do you have anything else that you think we should we should add to this before we, we wrap up? I would uh, just remind everyone, I think it's pretty uh, obvious, but just in case it's not, this rest doesn't mean absolutely easy. Yeah. Um, just like these, the children of Israel, once they went into the promised land, they still had battles and uh, they still had to work, as Stephen said, labor, uh, therefore, to enter into that rest. And so just because we believe God's word doesn't mean our life will be absolutely easy. Yeah. Um, uh, let's so expound on that a second. We got about five minutes left. Um, so when we look at that, that thought of being in rest, but still working. That's God right now. Really? He is completely at rest, yet he is working. Jesus said on the Sabbath day when they asked him, hey, why are you working? He says, my father worketh hitherto and I work. That's not saying that God's agitated, that God doesn't have the peace. God is completely fulfilled and yet he's able to work out of that rest. For us, the work has to be in the rest of God. It's, it's hard to explain but you're in that, you're not trying to earn God's mercy. You're not trying to earn God's grace. You're in the rest and you're mm -hmm. working out of the rest. And it's not your effort. It's the Holy Spirit, you know, that wills and does when you're in the rest, it's his strength and his power and his motivation. And so does that, does that make sense? Does that help? Do you have anything to add to that? I think it's just like the state of your being just, just like Paul says, hey, whatever state I am, I'm content. Mm. And I, I don't want to conflate what he was saying with this, but it's that idea. If I obey God, I can be at rest. Um, yeah. I, I know it's going to be hard, but I have the Jehovah. I have Yahweh on my side. And so just like those soldiers who went out to Jericho or who went out to any other battle, it, they're going to be sweating but they can rest assured knowing God's on my side and God's going to win. Fear. Yeah. So it's not even so, me. It's God's going to win. And that was clear exactly. with Jericho was, it wasn't them. It was God. The same thing we can say is true with us. When we have victory over sin out of this rest, it was God's power. When we see souls saved, mm. it was God's power. And, and we're thankful that he uses us, yep. but we're in that rest. We're not earning his favor. We're not earning his grace. 
We're in the rest of that perfect relationship with God, clean, clear, rested, and we work from there. And so hopefully that makes sense. Um, I want to bring up Isaiah just brought up a comment here. Um, he yeah, says, yeah, I like that. Yeah. our life won't be easy. Um, but our life should show more victories than defeat as pictured yeah. by the conquest of the promised land. And I think that's a great point. Yeah. I believe that we should, and, and we're talking about victories and I, I think over sin um, and over vices and flesh, because the truth is the power is there to have victory. And I think Ephesians oh, yeah. makes that clear. One day we'll work through Ephesians, but he tells us that he wants our, that Paul was praying their eyes would be enlightened, that they would know the hope of his calling, but the power, the exceeding greatness of his power that is to usward that believe the same power that raised up Christ from the dead. And so when we fail, it's always due to a lack of belief because the power's there, the power's there. Mm -hmm. And so thanks for bringing that up. Um, but again, trials will come, but that doesn't have to disturb your rest. It doesn't like you can be in the hardest point of your life exteriorly, like losing your job, losing loved ones, the world hating you. And yet because of Jesus, you can have rest rest uh, the peace that passes all understanding even in the midst of trials you can have that peace where people look at you and say how are you still having peace i don't know i can't explain it, it passes my understanding passes human understanding yeah. yeah and i think that's what jesus tells us when he says come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you for i am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest not for your external, but for your souls. And so that's the rest that Jesus offers. Uh, Charmaine said, isn't that rest a rest as in resting in the finished work of Christ, resting from our own work as in working to receive salvation? So in this context, that's not the, that's true that this is a rest, what you're saying. In the context, though, it's not talking about necessarily the, the initial rest, that we receive salvation from that that's that red sea event that is a rest but it's kind of saying that that rest needs to be continued if i can if that makes sense and that's why and is it oh i don't want to quote the old testament wrong i, I we just did some overviews and it's uh, maybe you can tell me what book this is from i believe he quotes it in romans as well but the just shall live by faith so we're saved by faith, but then we're supposed to live by that same faith. And what this in context is referencing is you're saved. Now enter into the rest of that salvation. And so what you're saying, I want to bring it up here again, is 100% true that we rest from our own work to receive salvation, but we also have to rest from our own work to enjoy salvation. Hopefully that clarifies it. So yes, that rest is real, what you're saying. But this rest is very clearly to those already saved, but are not living the rest that God has given them because they don't believe. Not that they don't believe Jesus died on the cross for their sins, was buried and rose again, all those things. As they don't believe the promises of God, that all the other promises that they can have rest right now. Uh, and so it's hard to really explain. Jonah, do you have anything to add to what I'm just saying? I think those last few sentences that you said summed it up really nice. Uh, the Red Sea was, yes, we use that rest that Charmaine was talking about. I don't have to work for my salvation. God did that. He parted yeah. the Red Sea. Egypt's behind me. I'm out of bondage. But now this crossing of the Jordan is saying, I'm going to believe God that 
he's promised me certain things. He's promised me victories over certain sins and certain challenges and trials. That's the Jordan River rest. Uh, I don't have to fret anymore. Yes, I'm already saved. This other rest is I can actually have that abundant and victorious Christian life. Oh, good. And thanks, Charmaine, for these questions. I love them. They push us to think even more. And so thank you for that. I'm glad that that answered the question. Uh, But it's a really good question. It really is. And so thank you for bringing it up, uh, that rest. And I'm thankful for it. And I think all of us need to take this admonition seriously and we'll close. He says, let us therefore fear. Lest that promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of us should seem to come short of it. Friend, God's serious about this. He wants you to enter into his rest. He wants what's best for you. And he's already paid for it. You've already accepted the main gift. He says, you're, you, mm-hmm. you've got it. Enter into the rest then. And so please, may all of us not assume we have the rest, but may we take some time even this morning and just ask God, God, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting, which is Psalm 139. And so friend, may we all just ask God, am I in the rest? Is there areas in my life that I'm not trusting you, that I'm not believing you? And help me, God, I, I, we can be like that one man. I believe, help thou mine unbelief, you know? And so I believe that's a good place to end off for today. Thank you guys for joining us for our very first Hochman Coffee Live. If you enjoyed this, Lord willing, we'll be able to do this more often. Next week, we won't be able to do it. I'll be out of town. I would love to just keep this up every Friday. Next week, I'll be preaching out of town, but maybe the next week after that, we'll continue on with some more Hochman Coffee Live. And so Jonah, thank you for joining us. It's been fun. Enjoy teaching today. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, we're going to hit the outro and we'll see you guys later.